This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. So, what is it that's hindering, or what is the devil using in the courts of heaven to stop the wealth transfer on earth? The wealth transfer from happening. Now, for those of you that were with us, I believe that there's a wealth transfer that's about to take place on the planet to transfer great wealth into the hands of believers. But I think that we have to be prepared for it. And I don't think all believers are going to partake of it because we're not ready. But for those that are, I believe that you could position yourself to be a part of this great wealth transfer for the purpose of extending the kingdom of God. Now, we've had tastes of it. I don't know if you remember the wealth transfer that took place in this country when I began to prophetically speak, not even knowing what I was talking about, to be really honest with you. You know, sometimes you prophesy a thing and you think, well, it, this doesn't make sense. But I'm telling a bunch of people that had never owned homes, never owned businesses before, buy houses, buy homes, buy businesses. And I mean, I had an unction to do that. And not only did I tell you to do it, I went out and did it. And I'll never forget, I, had not, I didn't have enough money to buy the house that I live in currently. But I borrowed... I sold everything I could sell, and I paid for that house. I sold my other house, I, and I scraped together enough money for a down payment and to pay quite a bit of a, but I mean, I was way short, let me tell you that. And then I went to one of our bankers, and they were still giving loans then, and I said, man, could you just bridge me for a few years? <laughs> I thought I could do it in three years. I said, if you just bridge me, but it was a beautiful house. He said, sure. So I borrowed $70 million, okay? That's not U.S. dollars for those of you that are watching on television. <laughs> that was back in the time of inflation and hyperinflation. And that $70 million, I, I, there was no way I could pay it over three years at the, the amount of, at the rate of exchange at that time. But I, 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 they would only give me a three-year bridge. But within six months, that $70 million was my paycheck, that was my paycheck. I wrote a check for one paycheck and paid off my bond for my house. Now, I feel sorry for the bank. <laughs> Not. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, hey, we all got caught in that. But can I tell you something? There was a wealth transfer that took place there. You can't explain that. That it went from, and many of you are living in houses today because of it. Those of you that obeyed that prophetic word, you, you got something. Now, I don't know how that happened. I, I mean, if I go back and try to explain how these wealth transfers happen, and, oh, yeah, this is what happened. And, no, you, I, you can't explain it. Because it requires an element called faith, and we're going to get into that probably tomorrow, that's going to help you to understand how to step into these things. But what is keeping us, and what will keep you from having the ability to have these wealth transfers? I'm going to belabor a point this morning, and I'll finish up tomorrow on my, my last session on how to get through all this. But the first one I want to talk about is covenants that you've made with demonic powers will hinder you from ever obtaining a wealth transfer. Not just in your life, but this has to do with bloodline issues, iniquities, things that have been passed down from third and fourth generations into your bloodline. 
And they affect you. Covenants that have been made with demonic powers. There are things in our lives, there are sins in our lives, and in our bloodlines that the enemy can use in court against us. He has a legal right to keep things from us. To keep us from blessings, from rewards, and rights, and material and spiritual benefits that Jesus purchased for us on the cross of Calvary. But one thing in particular that can hinder us is covenants that were made with powers of darkness. We call them covenants of darkness, contracts, and our demonic enemies, demonic powers that are contracted with on unrighteous platforms have an ability to hold us through bloodlines from obtaining things. These covenants made with demonic powers give the devil legal right, legal recourse to keep us from our destinies and from those in our bloodline. He wants to keep us and them for himself. Now, have you ever wondered why it seems that you're not able to prosper on the level you need to? Are there some of you that ever feel like, man, I I just know that... It never seems like I'm, I get where I'm supposed to go. Have you, ever, have you ever wondered why there's a poverty mentality that seems to be attached to you or to your family? How many of you just understand that, man, I, 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 I'm plagued by this thing? It could be that someone in your ancestry... Somebody in your family history made a covenant with darkness. With demon powers that have given the devil right, legal access against you. To withhold blessing and to withhold prosperity. I'd like you to look at Isaiah with me, the 28th chapter, verses 14 and 15. Because some people say, well, you can't do that, but... The children of Israel did. Look what they did. It says, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers who rule this people in Jerusalem. You boast. We have entered into a covenant with death. With the realm of the dead, we have made an agreement. When an overwhelming scourge sweeps by, it can't touch us. For we have made a lie our refuge and falsehood our hiding place. Now, I I know that In Africa, we really understand this. Because we do that all the time. That is exactly what ancestor worship is about. That is exactly what Mbuya Nahanda and any other host of other false gods and false prophets are about. That's even what is creeping into the church today where we make our confidence in a covenant Rather than in the covenant. Are you listening to me? The reason that these people made covenants with demons, powers of darkness, covenants of darkness, covenants of death, is so that they could cut a deal. Now now you you say, well, this is so far-fetched. And the Western world thinks this is far-fetched until you start studying your music industry. 
till you start studying Hollywood, till you start studying the politics of America today. Not just America, around the world. People making covenants of darkness right here in our country. Political leaders, business people making covenants of darkness to cut a deal. What is the deal? Well, we will serve you if you will protect us. If you'll provide for us, if you'll keep us out of the hands of our enemies, if you'll bless our crops, if you'll bless our businesses. You know, you have to understand, I was really naive when I came to Africa. I just thought I was going to be a sweet little missionary and just preach, Jesus loves everybody, hallelujah, get saved. Then I... I came into a war zone. I, I, I saw people literally being shot and dying. And my little Bible school messages didn't seem to work too well. <laughs> so I had to find the gospel of Jesus Christ. I had to find the Bible and start preaching the Bible. By the time 1984 rolled around, we were in the Mozambican refugee camps on our eastern border. And uh, we were clothing and feeding 144,000 refugees. And I used to go out there to each of those five camps and I would preach. We had our evangelists in those camps and we were leading them to the Lord and taking care of them. And we had churches there and I would go preach because these people had never heard the gospel. Mozambique kicked out every missionary, every priest. Scientific socialism Moved into that country, communism, and drove out the gospel. Some of these people had never heard the gospel. So we led 65,000 of them to the Lord out of 144,000. Some of our brothers from Mozambique are here today. Thank God. Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. But I'll never forget, I I used to make it my practice to sit down and listen and talk to people. Because, you know, you think sometimes of a refugee as, oh, these poor people, look at these poor people. (laughs) You know, how did they get in this position? But when I would sit with people, I would find out that every single one of those refugees was just like you and just like me. You know what they wanted in life? All they really wanted in life was to live a good life, take care of their families, have enough money to live well, send their families to school, eat, drink, be happy. I'll never forget I saw one man and for weeks, in fact months, in fact years, we did this for 10 years. For years this guy would come to our refugee camp. Or he'd come to our, our he, he was in the refugee camp and he'd, he'd come to our meetings. But he'd never come into the meeting. And then when we'd sit around the fire with our leaders and we'd sit around the fire with, after, after the meeting with, 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 with a group of people, he'd always be on the outskirts. You'd always see him in the dark. And I'd invite him, come, 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 sit down, sit down. Finally, I preached a message at a meeting. And after that message, he came and said, I want to talk to you. And he told me his story. He'd been a very successful greengrocer. Now, a greengrocer means he had a little small holding that grew crops, and, and he was sold these crops. But he was successful, and he wanted to be more successful. 
So he went to the witch doctor, and the witch doctor said, listen, it'll cost you if you want to be successful. He says, it doesn't matter what the price is. He says, I just want to be successful. I want financial security and prosperity. So the witch doctor says, okay, here's what it's going to cost you. And he says, I don't know how he did it, but he held up a mirror, and in the mirror, my four children appeared. And he gave me a porcupine quill for each of them. He says, go and draw blood on this porcupine quill. Bring back the porcupine quill. Bring me, and he told him what to bring him. He told him to bring him a goat, a gift, a financial gift, all these things. And he came back, and he had a fire, and he, and, and he told me the whole rigmarole. And he said, I knew what I did was dedicate my children in covenant for my success. Within four years, all four of his children had died. He, the, the, he, he, the, the last time he came, the witch doctor said, bring me your children. And he took the porcupine quills that he dipped in some kind of a blood... And he pricked each one of them and made blood flow. He lost all of his children. He lost, he he became very, very wealthy. But then the war came and he lost everything. You see, that's not shocking to those of us that live in Africa. Because we know the power of blood sacrifice. We know how many of you even had people killed, sacrificed children, sacrificed the blood of bulls and goats for success. I was never so shocked as when I started dealing with some of our more successful businessmen and I found out that some of their contemporaries who were contesting in the same fields of business We're not doing so righteously, but we're in fact the worst best kept secrets in Zimbabwe was in fact that they were sacrificing with very powerful witch doctors. One, for their businesses to succeed and two, to contest against the businesses of righteous men. This and these are some of the reasons that some of the people in our ancestry may have made covenants with demonic powers. This can go way back in your ancestry. And this is what the ancestral worship is all about. Worshiping of our dead ancestors. It has a lot to do with witchcraft. Here's how you know if it's witchcraft. It's always steeped in fear. Domination, intimidation, manipulation, and control. And it's usually tied to some form of financial demand or extortion, a manipulation. I want to bring a warning to believers in our church that I do not agree with Libolo as a practice when it becomes extortion. I believe it when it's a tribute of honor. But when it becomes extortion, we had a case where a young man who was quite successful, it just got ridiculous. It became $35,000, it became 
this and that and the clo- three sets of clothes and, 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 and two cell phones. And, and uh, you know, if you could repair the house, that would be fine too, you know. Uh, and the poor little girl, she was embarrassed to death at the greed of her parents. It's just become, a, it's become witchcraft now. You need to study your own culture. Originally, the culture was that you would give the parents cattle in accordance with the negotiation. But those parents would take care of the cattle in a rural setting. And eventually, as you had children, as you began to settle yourself, and, and later on in your life, those cattle were raised for you to take care of your family. It was a, like a savings account. It wasn't extortion for it to be consumed upon yourself. It's become so distorted. And what it's brought, it has brought a curse. We indenture our children in poverty before they even get started. It's the curse of poverty that's already upon our nation. And we're just reinforcing the witchcraft that's already here in the name of culture. Well, let's get to the culture and the spirit of the culture. And I'm not against the culture because it's, it's something that I thought was very, very powerful when I first saw it. And when I've seen it done correctly, it brings such honor, such tribute, such care, such respect. But it's gone far beyond that today. And many of the other things that we call culture have now been infiltrated by the devil. And they're causing the poverty of nations, not the wealth of it. We have in the church a course called Walking Free. Another one called Breaking the Bonds of Iniquity. This is to teach you to literally, or how to literally annul covenants of darkness that have been handed down generationally with demonic power. You see, if these covenants are not broken, the enemy uses these legal openings to spiritually try and lay claim to you, your family, and whatever place that they can touch through these covenants. So here's my question for you today. Who do you belong to? Who does your family belong to? And who does this nation belong to? Why do I ask that? Because there have been, in some cases, human sacrifices made to demonic in- entities that have bound you and bound your families and bound our nation to covenants of darkness. Vows were made. People make vows for all kinds of reasons, for all kinds of things. National leaders make vows for power, for wealth, for defeat of their enemies. They even make, dedicate the nation to secure the assistance of the powers of darkness. I was always shocked that on this day, for more than 30, 34 years, 33 years, on this day, every year, all the chief witch doctors would meet at the hanging tree. Do you remember the hanging tree? And have some kind of a ceremony there every year on 
Africa Day. Do you remember that? I drove by a few times, and I, I, I now I have to tell you something. I didn't understand that until I began praying about this. What are we doing? Who are we dedicating to? And are we just going to let that happen? There are demons over the nation of Zimbabwe. There are demons over the continent of Africa. And they're laying claim to the nation. They're laying claim to every family in the nation. And they're trying to dominate and control a whole culture. They lay claim to it by saying something like this. The culture, the nation, the business, the family is mine. Because they have given it to me by blood sacrifice on an altar. An unrighteous trading floor. We have to take our place in the courts of heaven. We need to repent of those things. We need to ask for the blood of Jesus to annul those covenants. Let me say this. And those of you that have prospered through covenants of darkness have to be willing to give back whatever you might have made through covenants of darkness. It's not enough just to go, no, no, no. If we have to bring restitution. We have to set the record straight. If you got fame or you got wealth or you got power through covenants of darkness, you have to be willing to give them back. Abram. Do you remember Abram? Before he became Abraham, God's teaching him, and he goes and saves Lot. He comes back, and the spoils of war are before him, and he says, and, and in fact, Sodom, the king of Sodom comes, who represents the devil, this unrighteous trading floor, and he says, I'm going to make a deal with you. I want to make a trade with you. It won't cost you anything except your soul, but I'll make you great. I'll make you powerful. And what did, what did Abram say? He says, let no man say that he hath made me rich. And he lifted his hand to Melchizedek, who is Jesus the Christ, and he said, I'm going to have a covenant with this guy right here. He says, in Sodom, I bind you. He says, you will not, no man will bind me. No man, I will not serve any other God except this God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? But these are intentional things that we must do. And it's no different today than it is then. Sometimes what we've done is we've kind of made the gospel a little bit cheap. Oh, I'm saved now. So everything's broken in my life. Is that right? Everything's taken care of. Oh, I'm born again. No, no. Born again, if you understand the Bible, the Bible says when Jesus coined that phrase, it was in, when he was talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to him at night, a secret disciple, and said, hey, listen, uh, I got to, I want to know, what must I do to be saved? He says, you must be born again. He says, if you would like to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. He says, he says, if you want to come into this new life, he says, you must be, he, he says, it's like entering through a doorway. Both are entrance points. 
When you get born again, when you come into this world, born of water, guess what? It's the entry point. How many of you know you don't come in with teeth? Well, some, some babies do, but most don't. How many of you know you're not eating steak dinners right out of the womb? How many of you know that you don't have a PhD? No. You entered the kingdom of God. Now you have to learn how to live in this new kingdom. And you must take responsibility for the things that you've allowed in your life. But the Holy Spirit's there to teach you and to guide you and to help you. Does that make sense? Now, once you give back whatever you got by ill-gotten gain through covenants of darkness, I've got good news for you. God will restore it to you on a righteous trading floor. God's not withholding things from us. God just wants it to be on a righteous trading floor so that there could be no hooks in it, so that the devil can't hold you. You know, we had a run-in in Hollywood a few times where, you know, you go and everybody's so friendly in Hollywood. They all, oh, man, they have so many, there's just, I mean, butter wouldn't melt in their mouth. They're so sweet. And we got to, have we got a deal for you? Your music, your movie, your whatever you want. But, you know, as you start talking and you start getting down to the fine print, the hook comes in. The hook comes in. What's it really going to cost you? What's it really going to cost? I think it becomes too expensive after a while. It's kind of like being in a political party in Africa. You start out with noble ideals and, and, and you're a good person until they give you a farm. And then they give you a Mercedes, and they give you a four-wheel drive vehicle, and they give you a way to make chow out of the, some peristatal or something. And then when it's enough that you say, no, 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 this, this is corrupt, this is, and they say, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, uh, you're part of us, did you know that? Uh, don't raise your voice, don't say a word or we'll take all that from you. Or we'll turn it on you and we'll expose you and we'll put you in prison. You're hooked. You're no longer a voice. You're no longer anything. You are bound by a spirit, by a demonic spirit that is in operation through corruption. Oh, it can happen in church too. People get mad at me because I don't build manses for all of our pastors. I say, no, 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 no. I want you to learn how to own your own house. I want you to learn. We don't buy company cars for everybody. No, I want you to learn how to believe God for your own. Why? Because if you ever get it for yourself, if you ever rise up, if you ever stand free, then you can always look at me or anybody else and say, let no man say he made me rich. I came to Africa. I never had two cents to rub together. I didn't raise support from the USA. We didn't build this with U.S. dollars. No. God taught us how to live by faith, build by faith, and do whatever we did by faith. So 
So this is one of the reasons why people, some people have not been able to come into wealth or prosperity or blessing. The enemy is fighting them on legal grounds. He's fighting you on, your, on legal grounds. He does not want to give you wealth as a believer. Why? Because he knows what you'll use it for. So we need to let our advocate, Jesus, and our counselor, the Holy Spirit, help us to pre- present our case before a just judge who, by the way, wants to rule in your favor. And as we go before the just judge, we need the help of our advocate and our counselor to begin to unravel, dismantle, and repent of all the covenants of darkness in our lives and in our bloodlines, both behind us and those that we passed on to our children. Ephesians 2 and verse 2. tells us the benefits of the cross of Jesus. We, the whole book of Ephesians is about the benefits of the cross of Jesus. But verse 2, it says this. It says, In which, wherein times past, you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Or in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit that is now at work in those who are disobedient. We all used to live in that world. We followed the demonic spirits. We were a part of something that was a covenant of darkness. The kingdoms of this world are bound by demonic spirits. And we operated in it. All of us did. He says, you used to do that in time past. But the cross of Jesus... Paid the price for everything. But it's not automatic. I wish it was. I wish everything was just better. It must be appropriated. It must be received in order for us to receive the benefit of it. I'd like to benefit you. I've paid the price for this. It's my salary, but I want to benefit you with a $20 note. It's available. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Who got it? It was available for all of you. Who got it? The one who appropriated it. The one who took it. The one who said, yeah. All right. Could you sit on your rusty dusty and get it? Could you think, oh, I'd like to have that. Ooh, he paid for it. He's giving me that. That's a wonderful. Praise the Lord. Ooh, I praise God for the $20 that Pastor Tom's giving today. Yes, I'd like to receive that. No. It must be appropriated by faith. So when you get into the courts of heaven, you are executing the verdict of the cross of Calvary on behalf of your life, on behalf of your family, on behalf of your church, your business, your nation, your culture. You are aligning things that went into misalignment through sin, through iniquity, through brokenness of the culture, through through 
covenants of darkness. And you, when God shows and reveals those covenants, when he shows you legal contract against you, when he shows you your accuser accusing you against things that have been against you for years, decades, eons, generations, once you see it, you have the ability to go before the court of heaven. Admit it. The Bible says, agree with your adversary in the way quickly. I agree that that thing is a violation of the laws of heaven. But I am no longer bound by the laws of this earth. Therefore, I turn to my advocate on the basis of the blood of Jesus. I bring this into alignment. We confess it. We repent of it. And we bring it into proper alignment under the blood. And we appropriate the blood of Jesus Christ in that situation. The book of Revelations, chapter 12 and verse 10 says this. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God night and day. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their life unto death. Let me, t- let me tell you something. Some people think, well, Jesus has cast down the devil. He has. The power of the devil has been cast down. But he is still the God of this world. And he still accuses you night and day based on legal premise and based on legal precedent that you've allowed him through sin and iniquity. And the way that we overcome, by the way, this is in the New Testament, is by... Showing him the cross by showing him what Jesus has done, aligning ourselves with Christ and his kingdom, his kingdom has come, and through the word of our testimony and the blood of Jesus, we bind and we loose and we bring it into proper alignment for the kingdom of God. Does this make sense to anybody? Am I too far-fetched? You see, we have to take the blood of the Lamb, we must take the word of our testimony, and we must enforce legally the benefits of the cross on our behalf. By the way, only Jesus can own me. This is the choice we have to make. You know, the Bible says that we have Old Testament examples for New Testament situations. Do you remember when Joshua led the people over the Jordan for the last time? He's about to die. They've defeated all their enemies. 31 kings. They haven't defeated them all because he gave them the pattern for defeating all of them. They never did defeat them all, by the way. But in Joshua 24 and verse 15, Joshua turns to the people of Israel and he says, And if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you'll serve. Whether the gods that your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood... Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So here's what I want you to do as Zimbabweans today, as, as people in, in, the, in the church of Jesus Christ. Make up your minds. Which gods are you going to serve? Oh, no, no, you say, well, Pastor, we're Christians. Yeah, I know that. How come most of the things that we deal with in the church have to do with you still going back and practicing witchcraft? Beating the grave. How come most of the bondages that we face are you so fearful, full of fear, 
Where does fear come from? God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, of strength, and of a sound mind. Where does the fear come from? Whichever God you serve, either side of the Jordan, I don't care which one, they will have demonic entanglements, enforcements that come with them, and they will put controls on you and on your bloodline. You need to make a declaration as to who you will serve. Isn't that what the Bible says? Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God has raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. Well, that's, what it, that's how it works in a court of law. That's how it works every single time. You give your testimony. My testimony is this. Yes, I once served those gods, but today my testimony is I serve the God of Israel. I serve the one true God, the Lord Jesus Christ and his Father which is in heaven. You have to divorce yourself from any other God. My time's up. Because of covenants with false gods, there are many of you who are suffering Because the enemy has a legal right to keep you from the blessings and the wealth of prosperity that God desires for you. So when you go into the courtroom of heaven, you need to learn and study and find out how to appropriate the blood of Jesus Christ to ask for these iniquities to be broken up and down your bloodline. And then you can have that curse lifted. And we can begin to operate in all that Jesus purchased for us. On his cross. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.